Drop your pants and grab your ankles. It's time for Grillo's Aftershock XL with your host, Steve Grillo. What's up? It's another episode of Grillo's Aftershock XL. Here in my apartment, live in Hell's Kitchen. Just uh, another day in the life. Very weird day. Just got back from work. Oh, something on the screen. It's not my forehead. That's good. Just got back from work. Getting ready to do another great show. Very, very prominent actor. Very good person. Someone I've known for a very long time. You've known him from The Sopranos and so many other big movies. Everybody, Mr. Vinny Pastore. What's going on? Well, I just got tested negative. Yeah, I got tested negative, but I also got tested positive for the antibodies. And I was never sick, so I don't know what that means. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying my life, Steve. Oh, listen, I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't enjoy my life. I, I, I did a concert um, on Broadway and 48th Street with my band Sunday night. Oh, I wish I would have known. I live right there. I live on 51st Street. You wouldn't have came. It was a hard bucks a ticket. Oh, you're right. <laughs> no, but it, uh, uh, we streamed it. Um, we did it for uh, my friend Nikki Cadero, uh was a fundraiser. Uh, but it was the first time we uh, the band played since uh, January, actually. And it was pretty cool. Um, they had um, – it's a, it's a rehearsal space, and they had everybody sitting in chairs with uh, the plexiglass in between, you know, uh, and you had to wear your mask. But it was pretty cool. We had, um, we had about 48 people in the theater. And then uh, we had a lot of people watching us as we were streaming. So it was cool. But, you know, the thing, what happened after I did this, this was last Sunday, that um, because you, you're in contact with so many people, I got nervous and I, and I went and got tested, uh, you know, because you get nervous. Now, is that, was that an illegal thing? Like, because they're saying no social bans or no, something? It wasn't an illegal thing, Stephen. It was... It's the same people who put me on Broadway. Okay. Over Broadway. They own a place called Open Jar Studio. The owner's name is Jeffrey. And he has put me all over with bullets over Broadway. It's, it's it, no, it was legal. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's not because you're Italian. I'm not being racist or anything. No, it was <laughs> legal. You buy a ticket, you come in, you sit in your seat. If you don't want to sit in your seat and you want to watch it from home, you can watch from home. Um, I can send you the link uh, so yeah, you can well, sit home and smoke a joint and watch my band. Absolutely. And now your role in the band is what? You sing? Uh, yeah, um, I sing a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah. Why, why, do you, why do you think I can't do that stuff? I, who said, I don't know. I, I don't know if you play guitar. Like, you know, Michael Imperioli plays guitar. He, he doesn't sing. Do you sing? Well, you know, but, 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 you know, I'm like from those acapella days. I'm, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. I mean, we know this music inside and out. So do I sing? Yeah, I can carry a tune. I mean, yeah, I play, no Pavar- I'm not Pavarotti. Do you, do you play an instrument, though? I'm just where, where do I you sit? Do I play the tambourine. Okay, you're like me. <laughs> but uh, so I know you got a lot going on. You know, uh, you've been locked down this whole time in City Island. Is you still over there? Yeah, I'm in my house. Uh, what we did is um, I kind of started doing some work in the house. 
Um, my drummer in the band is also my carpenter. And, um, you know, uh, one of my acting students is also my gardener. So, you know, uh, whatever you got to do to keep the place up. But uh, we live on City Island. It's nice up here. But this mayor uh, is going to put everybody out of business because how long can you eat outside on the sidewalk? Not for much longer because it's getting cold out. You know, if it rains, and, you, you can't be out there, you know. And yeah. Cuomo was just yeah. in the paper today saying, you know, he feels that the restaurant owner's pain. But how does he feel the pain? <laughs> like if you're not doing anything. He don't feel nobody's pain. Yeah. No. Are, are all the restaurants, are they open up uh, out in Sydney Island and they're, they're out there no. doing their thing? Everything's locked gotta, down. You got to eat outside on the sidewalk. I just go there. I like to go to City Island just for the fried clams. Yeah. And that's but, my favorite but, thing there. But, but you, Stephen, you still have to eat it outside somewhere. Yeah. And the you funny thing is. Unless you, know, you go pick them up and come over to my house and eat. I might do that. Um, so the, the outdoor heaters now, you can't have them because um, the electric ones, you can't have the electric ones if it rains or if it snows. And the, the propane ones have to be um, certified by a fire marshal, but they're technically illegal because you can't have propane tanks in right. Manhattan. Right. Well, Stephen, I hope that we're not eating outside in the middle of winter with those things. I mean, I think things should change by then. No, they're not saying it's going to. It's just, uh, it's a really odd time we live in. And I, I think come November, they're going to shut the city down entirely because um, once this election takes place, uh, they're talking about, you know, not accepting results. And um, it's going to be a uh, a chaotic scene once, you know, if and when Trump wins, they're not going to accept it. And they're, they're already saying taken to the streets. It's going to be it, it, not a good time to be in the city, you know? Yeah, well, I I really don't get into politics too much. I don't want I'm, people knowing. I don't want people know what I do when I go into my voting booth. It's none of business. No, I'm not talking about whether I support or I don't support anything. I'm saying yeah. what they're predicting is going to happen: the violence in the streets. If he does win, I'm not saying if I say if he does win means I support him. I'm just saying the realistic situation that I've been paying attention to. I don't you know. know. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's, so, it's bad, but but the, the the sadness of all of this is that the great city of New York just tumbled within a matter of months. It was You're talking about last time I was downtown. I was down there March 10th uh, at HB Studios where I teach, and then we went into the lockdown, and then I went back. In um, the end of August, to start working on my podcast on Madison, but that was like boom. You go upstairs, you do the show, you come downstairs, and you go home. And um, then I went in the other night for uh, for the Open Jar concert, uh, and I'm telling you, it's a it's a ghost town, man. It's yeah. scary. It looks like one of those horror movies when we were kids. Yeah, it's uh, I you know I'm. I'm an essential worker. I do uh, beer and liquor sales on the side, you know, while I'm trying to get this off the ground. And I, I've been down out and about in the streets um, since the lockdown. And it is a scary, scary situation going downtown. Uh, well, yeah. the, funny thing, the funny thing is everybody 
below Avenue C really had no effect on what was going on. They really kind of took to the streets and have been partying in the streets. No masks, no nothing. I don't know if there's any cases down there, but they really just sort of ignored anything that's going on, and they continue to to this day. Um, but anything above Avenue C was very strict and sort of um, uh, a ghost town. But it is – I just came back down – I just came up from down there right now, and it is uh, – it was an odd day in the city today. I went to Katz's for a hot dog and there was no line, nobody inside Katz's, nobody like there's just nobody there. And to say that about Katz's Deli, which is usually a block and a half, to, you know, an hour and a half to get in there. The line goes down around the block for no one to be outside or inside Katz's Deli um, was uh, it was an eerie, eerie feeling. Do you, do you have a car? I have a motorcycle. Oh, so once you get on your bike, you just get out of the get out of Dodge, man. Yeah, I you know I got my place upstate to go, but you know I got I got uh, you know I got responsibilities down here. Like you know, what? I have a job. I have a uh, an apartment. I have two cats. You know <laughs> they just can't get up and go. But I, I think for the month of November, towards uh, the end of October into November, I'm gonna take vacation somewhere. You know, go to, go to go to Barbados. They're letting people. You could do your podcast from Barbados. Yeah, that would, I would. I, if I went to Barbados, I don't know if I'd come back. <laughs> that, that no, they, they're, they're inviting people down there um, to stay and to live. People really? who 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 work from the computers. Yeah, they said, "Why sit in your apartment in New York when you could be sitting on a beach down there?" I I'm going to look into that <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I need to go on yeah. vacation bad. So uh, yeah. me, and you, me and you go way back to the restaurant Brunelli days. And I always love talking to you about that because we had some good time. A very good friend of ours, uh, Gigi the Whale, was a staple there. And Louis Lombardi and everybody down there. And um, one of my favorite times was like I, we had a weird dinner. It was like me, you, Gilbert Gottfried. And I don't know how it all happened. Jeff Marchetti was there, I think. And, oh, uh, I remember that night. We yeah. came from someplace and we yeah. went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, it was uh, it was an interesting time back then. Um, I, what's your favorite Gigi story? My favorite Gigi story is that Gigi used to go to Rails all the time. I don't know how he got there, but he always managed to 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 mooch a ride home. Yeah. So I, you know, I finished. Eating dinner, I'm hanging at the bar with Nikki the Vest, and Gigi's there, and uh, he had a lot of different girlfriends. And he said to me, and I had a little blue, um, it, was, it was almost like a Volkswagen, but it was a Ford. Um, two people could fit in the car. And you know how heavy Gigi was. He said, yeah. give, me a, give me a ride home. I said, where am I going to put you? So I shoved him in the front seat. And his cute little girlfriend in the back seat, and um, we were driving home, and uh, he kept saying to me, uh, "Why, with all my money, I didn't have a bigger car than what I had?" But you know, there's uh, I did an animated movie um, called Shark Tale with De Niro and uh, Scorsese and Michael Imperioli, Jack Black. And my original character was Gigi the Whale. That's the part they gave me. That's so so cool. I went into yeah, I went into the studio, and the way I'm talking to you, it was just before I was about to record, I was talking about Gigi. You know? And 
and where I was getting, you know, my character from, from Gigi, from Paolo Bay. So what happened is that they screened the uh, Shark Tale to an audience, and I got an, uh, uh, an email from my agent and said, your scene was too violent because Gigi, my character, got eaten up by shrimp. You know, say hello to your little friend and ate me up. Yeah. So Katzenberg, um, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, actually reached out to me and he said, listen, uh, we want you to play Luca instead. I said, well, that's Kevin Pollock's role. role. He said, yeah, but you would be better. Don't worry about Kevin Pollock. So I went in and I did all of the Luca, the octopus stuff with De Niro and Marty and all that stuff. You know, you work out of the studio. If you look at the DVD, at the end of the DVD, they have outtakes, Stephen. Yeah. And you, they have me telling the story about Gigi the whale, the real Gigi. Yeah. And, 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 and you mentioned Vernelli's. I, yes. Yeah. No, it, 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 Russ, Russ Vernelli was actually watching that one night, four o'clock in the morning, half in the bag. Was watching the extras because he was and he fucking he spit out his drink. He was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> they're talking about Bernelli." Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's great. That's uh, so funny. For everybody who doesn't know who we're talking about, Gigi the Whale was a, a, a very famous Italian who um, went to jail for keeping his mouth shut. Correct. I don't know nothing about that. Okay, so uh, yeah, but he he came out. I just I just know. He's Ducky's godfather. You yeah. want to talk mob stuff? I don't know nothing about yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just said, and listen. You're, 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 you're going to end up in Staten Island, yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. marsh. So, but um, he was uh, such a big, bold character and such an awesome, fun person to hang out with. So this is my, you know, he would come to Bernelli's on a Wednesday night, sit in the corner, just buy, drink. Everything was on the arm. It's on the arm. Don't worry about it. I got it. So, he, and he was actually, I thought Gigi could have been a stand-up comedian. You know, because he was that funny. So there was yeah. an inc there was an incident at Rayo's where um, somebody was uh, shot in the head. Are you remember? You sure you remember that? You mean, I, when the when the girl was singing and somebody yeah, told her to shut yeah. up. Yeah, it was, was that Gigi was there that night. No, he wasn't there that night. But the guy that shot the person, because Nikki DeVest told me the whole story. Okay, Nikki DeVest, the famous bar bartender at Rayo's, is very right, famous. Stephen, Stephen, before you continue. Uh, on this type of a media to start telling mob stories, you better be careful. No, I understand because it's a joke. It's not any inside information or any allegations or anything. There was an incident where someone shot somebody at Rayo's. Yeah, the girl was singing and somebody didn't like the way the girl was singing. They told her to shut up and then guy took out a gun and shot him. Yeah. So Why, you the, were there? No, but the, ne the guy that shot him was at Brunelli's the previous Sunday. But the next day, Gigi called Brunelli's he goes, Stevie, you want to go to Rayo's tonight? I heard shots around the house. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and you know, Gigi says to you, but that's that. I was like, I was like, only you, Gigi, only you. <laughs> I felt bad. God bless Frankie Pellegrino. I felt bad for him because he did not need that kind of publicity for his restaurant. No, he didn't need it. You and know, for, those because for, for people, for people out there who don't know about Rayo's. How hard is it to get a table in Rayo's? I've never sat. I've sat at the bar. I've never sat at the table. And I knew Frankie Pellegrino. He was always nice to me. But you just you couldn't. You have to know somebody that knows somebody that has the table. Because what you buy, you own the table. Is that the deal? Yeah. 
Well, they uh, like Bo Deedle has a table, and uh, uh, Tommy Matola used to have a table. And if you're not using the table, you call up Frankie, and he gives the table away to somebody else. Yeah. But yes, uh, who used to have a table? Uh, Sonny Grasso used to have a table. You know, different nights. You know, um, like Tommy Mottola had a table, and it was this, when he was with Sony Records, when he was the president. And um, you don't know who's going to be sitting at that table. One night, Rod Stewart, another night, Madonna. Sting, yeah. You know, because uh, Tommy would, uh, if he wasn't using his table, he would call up uh, certain people and say, uh, you want to use, uh, uh, you want to use, um, sit at my table. Yeah, and uh, and Frankie Pellegrino would love that, you know, because you have all these people. Every, everybody would know Frankie Pellegrino, who was on The Sopranos. He was the FBI guy, correct? He was yeah, working with, with, with with Louis Lombardi, the people right. that were you were working with on The Sopranos. Right, and Frankie and I did Mickey Blue Eyes together. Yep, Frankie. Frank was it the, the first movie I ever did was with Frankie. What movie was that? It, it was really bad. Do you, if you remember the the cop that posed for Playboy, Carol Shia. Um, she got fired for doing Playboy, so I got I was in Grandma Sylvia's funeral at the time. So I got Carol into Grandma Sylvia's funeral. Lovely girl, not so much of a good. She could have taken your class a couple of times, but God bless Carol. She's still a friend. And um, so uh, the the producer of the show, who was uh, what you call it, um, forget his. He was his, his uncle was. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Anyway, he did a movie called Silent Prey. And the first, that was the first movie I ever did. My on-screen thing was I was a fencer, and Frankie was um, partnered with Carol. They were, they were cops. So Frankie pistol whips me, beats the crap out of me. And okay. that was the first time I ever did a movie scene with Frankie. Yeah. Frankie, Frankie came to Canada. Um, we did Gotti together. But the best uh, part of my life with Frankie was when um, – uh, we put up a play on 76th Street called Lampost Reunion. It was a uh, Louis LaRusso play that Danny Aiello had done. And uh, me and Frankie put our heads together and we put the play up again. And, and Danny's kid Ricky was in it. And um, Frankie was great. He was great. One night he threw a chair at me. Um, he was a, I love Frankie. I miss him. And he was a, a great person uh, to work with. Uh, you know, I always got a table there. I can still get a table. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? I just, I didn't push it because it was always like, you know, whatever. But, you know, and if people don't know uh, anything about Rayo's, there's no menu. You just eat what they give you. Yeah. And you got to pay the check, too. Because there's, there's the nothing on the arm up there. Well, actually, the, the, the last time I saw Frankie, I was up there and he ripped up my check. It was I had, a, I had a bar tab of about seventy bucks, yeah. and, and I said, yeah. I said, uh, he goes, I said, oh, I said, I didn't realize it was cash only. I said, I'll be right back. He goes, give me this, get out of here, go, and he ripped it up. He goes, next time, uh -huh. next time. So it was, okay. it was nice. He remembered me, you know, like he always, he knew that, you know, I was, that was, I was a little nervous that day. He had a little nice chat with me to relax, worry, yeah. and he helped yeah. me out and gave me some advice, and um. I, I don't forget shit like that. You know, it's like uh, he didn't act like he was like a no, big movie no, star. No. He, he was a good guy, man. He was a good guy. Good favorite guy. favorite James Gandolfini story? Uh, probably uh, we had such a great time when we went to Naples, you know. Uh, 
because even though we were working, you weren't working, you know. And um, uh, uh, Jimmy, we would uh, we were just hanging out. It was the scene when he meets um, the Italian girl uh, who was the the the, the, the mafia uh, the the Don, uh, but she the female Don. I don't know how you call it. What do you call? Yeah. It? Uh, Donness, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the Donness. Yeah, there you go. And 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 um, we just had a great time in Italy. We had a real good time in Italy, you know. Uh, and we also had a lot of great uh, experiences when we went on the road. Um, we used to go to like um, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, and, and Reno, and. All these different places. A lot of times, Atlantic City, and we had we just had a blast. We always had a blast. It wasn't the work was the work, but when 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 we weren't working, we were always all of us. Me, Tony Sirico, uh, Michael Imperiola, Sharipa, Jimmy, just a bunch of guys. Uh, Vince Curatola, just a bunch of guys having fun, you know. And we had fun. No, I, I was I was I was lucky enough to be privy to that for um, a couple of years, and that's what I always loved about working on the set on the Sopranos for the two seasons that I was there is the fact that um, no one was treated any different. I was a stand-in, but yet I was always invited to all the parties. I was invited to go to premieres. I was invited to go hang out at the bar, right. you know. And it was just like nobody. There was no cast system on that set. Everybody was just no. one big happy family. Whether you were gripped like Louis Petraglia or anything, everybody was equal, and there was no separation of anything. It was like a big family. It was such well, an awesome well, experience. Well, that's why because Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy created that environment. Yeah, you know. See, Jimmy, when he came on board with The Sopranos, he was known for his work, but basically he was known as a character actor, you know, not a leading man, but a supporting actor. Well, the same like, thing with Prince, Edie. Edie, too, though, no? She was like the queen of yeah. like, character actors. Hold on. Yeah. I'm looking for a cough drop. Uh, Edie was doing odds at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chad, a little little known fact. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Edie, Edie was in private parts. If you look at private parts, when, um, you know, the screen Allison was driving around looking for real estate with all the other women and Howard was on the radio, Edie was the, the, the actress in the back seat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So she's another, another wonderful. I always love to watch her work because... She she came on and she hit her mark every single time without fail. You know, she was always on point. Yeah. What happens if I have to cough? Go ahead. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> <laughs> can you get it? Can you can you get the virus through a computer? Yeah, I just did. <laughs> Uh, did you, no. did you okay. read that article that that doctor from London said if you're gonna have sex you gotta wear your mask? I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know any girl in my life that you can have sex with a mask on. Well that'd be um most of your ex-girlfriends. <laughs> you set yourself up for that one, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean I mean you know, um, I, I get it. I get it. Actually, um, 
Uh, I'm taking somebody out to lunch tomorrow up in the Bronx. And, and uh, I haven't seen this girl in a while. And she's a good-looking woman. I don't want her to keep a mask on all day. What time am I paying for dinner for that? To look at a mask? No, you you're, know? You're, you're, it's the, 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 the level of hypocrisy is through the roof. Uh, if you're standing next to a table that has drinks, you have to have a mask on. But if you sit down, you can take your mask off. But you have to order food. And if you order food, if you order potato chips or chicken wings, that, that can cause COVID. But a hamburger will stop the COVID virus if you're sitting down with an MS. Dude, it's I'm ridiculous. I, I don't know where you're getting all this information from. No, no this, this, these are the rules. I, 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 okay. My friend's own bars downstairs. I'm at the bar quite often. Well, you, you know what's hard to do right now, Stephen? Make a movie. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Make a movie. Yeah. No, it's my, impossible because of all this, uh, you know, all these restrictions and you got to get tested and you got to be in quarantine. Uh, one of my students just came back from Vegas to go out and do some promotion for a movie he's doing. He's got a he had to quarantine himself for fifteen days in his house. Yeah, I mean, I, I got, I'm, I'm reading a script right now, and I'm directing two plays, so I'm trying to stay alive. Am I making yeah. any money? Nah, I ain't making no money. Yeah, well, I you know it's it's all changed. But you know what? But if you're not working, you're not going out. You're home. You know yeah. what do you do? You're not spending any money. The movies are going to open up again. How are you going to eat popcorn with a mask on? <laughs> We're gonna figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to know, like, what happened. Think about the, all the mice in the movie theater that you don't see that it live off of the popcorn. They must have all starved to death. Well, listen, we're living. I said the other night. If you watched my show, I don't have your email. If I had your email, I would just uh, send you the link to my show, or you can see it on Facebook. I'll text um, it. I said. Welcome to the new world. That's what I said. Yeah. Top of the show, welcome to the new world. We all have to adjust to what they need us to adjust to. Otherwise, we're all going to get sick again. Yeah. You know? And um, if it takes, um, like when I go sing with the guys, I bring my own microphone. You know? Um, when people get out of my car, I wipe it down, the seats, I do that. I go to the bank, I bring a little ass. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, spray and I spray the buttons. You know, uh, I get checked a lot. You know, uh, but what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, you're gonna die. You're not gonna die. People died. We lost so many people. But if you want to keep living, you gotta make some adjustments. You know, no and, kidding. Um, you know, and that's it. That's it. Like, like if I have to go cross country, Stephen, I swear to God, I'm driving, man. Yeah. I'm getting in my car. I'm gonna roll about twenty joints, and I'm driving. I'm driving cross country. I, well, so, here's 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 the thing with that though. If you do that, you have to stop at several several different places, gas stations, banks, hotel yeah. rooms. You're in what and out, you, in and out, and in and out. You, what if you go cross country in an RV? That'd be a lot of fun. I see. Why yeah. yeah, that's a different story. But if you go right. on a plane, you're exposing yourself for three hours. Where if you drive, you're exposing yourself for five days. No, you're not. You're in your own car. But you got to get out. You got to get gas. You got to go out. You got to get food. You got to go out. You got to get shelter. You're going to have to have interaction on several different levels. And I'm not afraid to interact with people. I'm not afraid to go. I wouldn't mind go doing either one. I'm not afraid to get on a plane. You know, no. I, I, um, 
I was at one of the, there was a show down in Tampa that invited me to come down there for a week. They were going to fly me, put me up for a week. I was going to do their show and my show separate for a week. They really enjoyed me having them on. But if I went down there, I'd have to come back and quarantine for 14 days. And I, I kind of, um, I kind of had to rethink what that was. So I, I was like, I was going to say, I was just fuck it. I'm just not going to quarantine. And then I called a buddy of mine. His name is Jimmy Hayes. He was the head of uh, Homeland Security for New York, uh, say, about four or five years ago. And now he's doing uh, private shit. But I called him up and asked him to make a couple of calls to see what the real deal was. And he called a couple of big muckety mucks here in New York as far as, you know, higher rankings. And they were like, this mayor is on a mission to keep people on lockdown. He goes, and it's just more of an excuse if they find out that you went to Tampa to keep you inside. And they're actively pursuing that. He's like, do yourself a favor. Wait for the la- the travel ban to be lifted because if you don't stay outside 14 days and they catch you and they're going to try to catch you, you're going to be in a, a shit ton of trouble. It's like a $25,000 fine or something like that. So I scrapped Tampa for now, you know, but. Um, I, but I know people who've driven back and forth to Florida. Yeah. No, I know. Like, they came like, back. They came back. I know a wonderful girl in my life. She drove down to Florida. She came back. She lives in Jersey. She's okay. You yeah. know. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. What are you gonna do? Go I, know, I know. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, went, yeah, yeah. I went fishing on see, Friday. It was great. Which, <laughs> see, the problem with you, as opposed to me, is that I live. Well, I could. I, I got a porch. Uh, I got water down the corner for me. I can yeah. walk to the post office. I can walk to the bank with my sandals on and my sweats. I don't have to leave City Island. And when I do leave City Island, I go to New Rochelle. I go to Pelham Bay, uh, maybe up to White Plains. Uh, lately, I've been going a lot to Connecticut because you can. Connecticut's open, wide open. You can yeah. eat anywhere. And 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 um. I'm okay, you know. I'm okay. Um, do, do I am I enjoying my life the way I thought I would be enjoying it? No, no, because at my age, in this time of my life, you know, I should be going to um, film festivals and uh, and uh, all kinds of stuff, traveling. And we were supposed to, me and Steve, Sharippa and Michael, we were supposed to go to Great Britain, a 15 city tour. We sold out. So now they pushed it over to May of 2021. But these are the things that we all lost out on, you know. You know, uh, you know what I feel bad for is uh, Michael Moto, who did Sopranos Con, was supposed to yeah, do no. MobCon, like it was supposed to be in May. And uh, he had that whole entire hotel booked up and it was going to be this giant MobCon thing. And um, he that lost out on that whole project. But you is know? he alive? Yeah, My no, he's doing. He he's, alive? he's alive. He's doing well, thank God. Okay, you right. know, um, I see friends with him on Facebook, and he's, I see he has a lovely family, and he's enjoying his life. But good, I'm just saying, he's a very good guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and the rug got pulled out from everybody. Yeah, everybody. It's really, really sad. You know, where I got friends of mine coming over the house just to pick up a few bucks instead of me having my garden to do the work. I have my friends do it because. People need money, and it's yeah. very, very sad. You know how do you how do you make money at a time 
like this. And and unemployment's running out and everything's running out. And sad, they just we lost all of us lost all of our insurance. Yeah. We all lost our insurance. It's it's unbelievable that you have to make twenty five thousand dollars a year to get your insurance. Well, how are you gonna make twenty five thousand dollars a year when there's a COVID uh, going on and everything shut down. You can't make nothing. There should be, you know, this is why I have my problems with SAG, um, you know, because I think they're very much about themselves. Um, I had my issues with them, but there they, they should be a continuum. Oh, I'm, a, I'm on the board, you know. Yeah. No, I, I told you, I, 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 yeah, I, there shouldn't be a contingency plan for stuff like that, you know. And, no, because the insurance is an outside, uh, an outside entity. It, it, it's, it's um, it's like anything else. If there's no money going into the insurance program, uh, you know they're saying um, that um, they can't cover the costs of so many people that are sick now. Well, yeah. when did this happen? Did it happen March 10th, or was it coming down the line? You understand? Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. You know. Yeah. So when we have these meetings, we go like this. Well, when did you notice it was going to happen? Don't have a meeting and say, oh, we're going to have a meeting today and we're laying off uh, uh, 45% of our staff in, uh, in Wilshire Boulevard. Oh, you're having a meeting about that? You knew this was coming. Yeah. You know, you know it was coming. So so what happens is that um, they're telling the guys over 65, like me, you go on Medicare. They're telling the guys over 65 like me that residuals are not going to be counted as your income towards that $25,000 you got to make. They're telling guys like me, go on Medicare, enjoy your life, and find a secondary. They're not, they don't care. And they're telling anybody who does extra work that if you made $13,000 and get insurance, they're telling them, now you're going to make $25,000. How's a guy doing extra work going to make $25,000 a year? <laughs> you got to work seven days a week. <laughs> That's it. I've done extra work. You know, and so, I've been in that situation. Yeah. I know so what like happens, Steve, and everybody's upset, and I will speak up because, like, I was voted on the local and national board. The national board I have a problem with, but the local board, I love everybody on the local board. Jim Kerr's on it and uh, Mark Barone and, and Rick's on, everybody on the, uh, on the New York local. What happened is that um, uh, the union has become more about the working actor, the guy or girl who's always working, you know, because of course they're going to make their 25,000. They can make that in a week, you know? Um, so all of, all of the benefits are going towards the people who really don't even need them. And that's what's wrong. You yeah. know, that's what's wrong. Yeah. Where, um, the people who need it, you know, uh, they're losing insurance. They're, they're losing everything. So things have got to change, man. Things have got to change real fast. You know? uh, you know, I, it's just uh, the problem with that union I had was, you know, they, I did an independent movie where, you know, I, I was uh, me and three other SAG members. And they didn't want to use a SAG contract. But we were all very cautious about the fact that if we don't have a SAG contract, we're going to get uh, either fined or kicked out of the union. So we made the director go get a SAG contract on purpose. What happened was the, the, he was he had to spend a lot of money and got the contract. I still have the contract in my draw. The movie 
Um, he, he disappeared. Then all of a sudden, like maybe a year later, I'm in Sunco's video out in LA and there's the movie on the shelf. And now we had a contract and we have, we have the movie was ever released. We were supposed to get 10 grand. The movie was released from the people that released it. What's the point of the contract? Steven, Steven, if, if you had a sad contract, you had a same contract. Yes. Well, then the money was supposed to be put in, uh, in into escrow for you for the union actors and be paid to you. So the producer never did it. Yeah. It's not SAG's fault. But but no, but my point of a, a union is if you do go into a contract and the person on the other side doesn't come through, shouldn't they be actively protecting you and going after them to try to get that money? They basically no, because, just they, they said because, we're screwed. Because a producer doesn't have to comply to union rules if he's not going to use union actors. Yeah, if, he's un if he uses union actors, then he has to comply to union rules. Yeah. But a lot of producers, they don't comply to union rules because they don't want to pay into health and pension. They don't want to pay overtime. They don't want to pay travel. They don't want to put an actor on a business class ticket, fly him somewhere. So they go under the table and they say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And uh, basically, it's a non-union movie. That's what it is. Yeah. If, it, if it was a union movie, you would have a union contract and you would, you would, the union would be on top of it. So, I, so you must, like, I, I, and I always try to kid around with Mike Starr about this, because like, I still get them. I, you know, I did you know, the, the, the Sopranos, NYPD Blue, where I, was, I, I still get residual checks. Yeah, like, from the union. Third, so you still get... Like, uh, yeah. does it go to you or does it go to your agent? No, that goes to you. The agents okay. aren't allowed to take commission out of your residuals. No, That's, no, but I'm just saying, like, I, I have a million checks around here for like 13 cents. Well, why don't you put them together and, 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 and go buy some pizza? <laughs> That's the other question. I know that the residual right, money so is don't, 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 don't move. Don't go nowhere. Okay. Don't move. Okay. Are you still there, Steven? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. These are called residual checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, be and that's because I broke my ass for 28 years. And you're telling me I can't support the union. Well, if I didn't get these checks, there's no way I'm going to have food in my refrigerator. Plus, I'm on a great pension. That's so the answer is do your union work. Make sure these guys put everything into health and pension. When you hit my age, you'll have a nice little pension, and you can sit back in your apartment down in uh, wherever you live, Hell's off the city, Hell's and kitchen. smoke hash. Smoke all the hash you want. Nobody's going to bother you. But these <laughs> are called residual checks. <laughs> Wait, so I'm See? curious. I'm curious. So what, 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 mine are for like $1.14, 35 cents. Well, what, what are yours? Are, are they like substantial, or are they like? What, uh, are, you, what are you with the IRS? <laughs> I just, I'm curious from one actor to Well, it depends. It depends. If you get a residual check from like an animator, we were talking about Shark Tale. Yeah. I mean, those residual checks are nice. Yeah. Um, if you get a residual check from Sopranos that ran like uh, for the 15th million time, yeah, it's like three cents. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's that's the thing. Now, as a SAG board member, here's my question. $19.62. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Buy a cheeseburger. $79.47. Yeah. 
But you know what? I shouldn't complain. Yeah. Because this this money that comes in from the union, this money that comes in from all the work that you have done in your life, uh, it, it helps. You know, and I don't know how to control it, but uh, even with the new uh, contract, uh, 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 when they stream stuff, you're going to get your money because I did Wu-Tang and Hulu wasn't giving you residuals. But now they have to with the new contract. And uh, Amazon, no residuals. And uh, Netflix, no residuals. But now they have to. And especially yeah. now because, I mean, look at the movie. What's his name just made? The kid from Saturday Night Live with Marissa Tomei. Staten Island, something with Staten Island. Yeah, it went, yeah. It, went, it went right to television and the Royal Union actors, right? And up until the new contract, we weren't getting any residuals from anything that was streaming. So here's, here's my I'm, question. I'm going to tell, tell you another thing right now, and don't get scared, but don't be surprised if the union doesn't crack down on you and tell you to go union with your podcast. Wow. You know, what? well, the radio, that's what, I, I'd be curious about that. Um, and I wouldn't mind it if, if the union, I knew the union had my back, but here's the deal. So, so all those 13 cent checks that I've been getting for the past 10 years, 13 or 15 years that I've never cashed. Is that why not? Because cashing a 13 cent I listen, no, it's my, my fault, my fault, my fault. My question is, of course, my response, irresponsibility, all those millions of residual checks that I've never cashed. Is that money somewhere? And do I have access to it? Who are you asking me that for? You're you on about? the board. You're on the board. You know what? I'm supposed to know an answer like that. All I know is that when you get a check, you go to an ATM machine and you put it in and it clears. And nowadays, you can even use your cell phone. So if you want to live in a stone age, just because it's 15 cents. <laughs> it's, it's, just, no, it's my irresponsibility. I'm just curious. If I wanted to access that money that I never, those 15 cent checks that I didn't cash for the past. They didn't clear. The checks aren't worth anything, but where's the money that they were sending me? Where is that? I've called SAG about know. that. Well, it, it, I don't know. <laughs> it says you got to cash this check in 30 days. It says it right on the check. Oh, so, and if you don't, where'd the money go? That's I my don't know. Maybe it went to me. Maybe I got it. <laughs> well, give it back. Maybe Gigi got it. Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> so I we'll talk about what you're promoting on here, promoting. We're having such a fun time with you. Um, but I'm curious, what's in your refrigerator right now? What do you got? Uh, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit. Um, I drink coffee like crazy, so I got my creamers. What else is in my refrigerator? Um, you know. Why? Left what do you up. think is in my leftover nothing? I picture in your refrigerator you have a tub of fresh mozzarella. No. Maybe a, a couple of a, a pickled uh, uh, eggplants or something like that. No? No. No? No. Maybe like a, a big thing of pasta left over from last night. No. I lost 23 pounds. Good for you. I, I lost know, 23 what? pounds. By, by Here's how I lost 23 pounds. Um, walking. Hitting my bike down in the basement. Doing all, I clean my house myself. Ain't nobody coming over cleaning my house. I, most of the time I do my own yard work and I watch what I eat because I'm diabetic, Stephen, and I can't, I can't eat chocolate and all that sugar stuff, you know? Yeah, I just, oh, you watch that. what you eat. 
Yeah, I just lost uh, one of my best friends to diabetes, uh, yeah. 40, 47 years old. Uh, my my mother has uh, type 1 diabetes. Um, she yeah. has neuropathy. My Aunt Doreen has type 1 diabetes. I, I, have, I have neuropathy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, a I, shitty I take, thing. Shitty thing. I take the pills before I go to bed. Everything goes down to your feet. It's yeah. crazy. But I have, a wonderful, I have a wonderful uh, masseuse that comes over and rubs my feet. I'll leave that one alone. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my, the neuropathy is tough. Yeah, my, you my, know my, how you get what? You know how you get the neuropathy? I got my neuropathy from my radiology. That's what she got it from. She had she had a cancer scare. She had to go for the radiology, and, and she had a big operation. She beat whatever the little cancer thing was. But after that, severe neuropathy. That's right. Yep. She's got to watch her diet, Stephen. She, she's pretty good at it. Yeah. The only problem is, you know, what? She likes to have uh, burgundy wine. Wine's all right. If she, if she, uh, um, she's, wine's all right. She's the Irish my part of my family. She's the well, Irish part wine, of my family. Wine is okay, Stephen. My father drank wine until he was 97 years old. We had a gallon of wine in the hospital with him. Yeah. That's right. She likes you know, Wine's Although, okay. Carlo Rossi Burgundy by the by the, the jug handle. That's right. There's nothing yeah. wrong with a little wine, and it probably makes us sleep better. Well, yeah. Well, it's, everything know? everything is. Uh, it, it, she likes it to drink a lot. She's Irish. Well, she's got to stay away from hard booze because it's got all no, that sugar in it. She doesn't. She doesn't. Uh, she doesn't. Do white wine booze. is white wine is good. No, she does white the Burg good. Burgundy, but she's no, she's uh, she's on top. She has to be, or she should be dead. You know, if, 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 yeah, you, don't, if yeah. you don't follow it, my 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 friend, my best friend was forty seven years old. You know, yeah, and uh, he he yeah. died he died from it. So, um, it's something you got to watch. So, are, what you got a lot going on, and I I love the fact that you finally figured out how to use a computer. I'm very proud of you, Vinny. Well, what happened? I tell you what happened is that um. I, uh, as soon as this happened with us, you wanted me to do go on the air with you, and I was so perplexed. I didn't know how to do anything. I was, like, really shutting down on myself. And God bless little Stevie Van Zandt. Um, he said, we're going to start putting some work up on Zoom. I said, Zoom? He said, yeah. I said, I don't know how to use Zoom. And Stevie said, it's the new future. You better learn how to do it. Yeah. And between Stephen and Maureen, they taught me how to do this. I have a session with Zoom every day. Uh, I just did Nashville. I did uh, Tampa. You know, I do the Zoom stuff. I enjoy doing the Zoom stuff. Uh, on my podcast, I don't want anybody in the studio. My studio is in Madison. But the, the, but the guests zoom in, Stephen. Yeah. You know, it's just me and Goomba Johnny. And Johnny's about four feet away from me. And the and the, the guests zoom in the way I'm zooming into you. Yeah. And we have we have a show. We have a conversation for an hour. And um uh you gotta get used to it. What happened? Wait, first of all, where where can where can people find your show, first of all? Well, um I think it's gonna be anywhere. Okay, uh, you don't know the information. I'll get it from your agent. We'll put everything. No, I do I, it's, it's <laughs> Yeah, if you want to put it on, you want to put it on my network as well. Yeah, you can Vinny, do that. Yeah, Vinny, you go. What? Just say you can go to the link below. I'll edit it in. Your agent sent it to me. I'll edit it in. 
Okay. So, so um, when, I that, the screen, when I go okay. to the screen, say go. Ask me that question board. again, uh, Steve. Oh, okay. So, uh, so, Vinny, where can we find all your material, your podcast shit? Oh, well, you can go to the link below. Okay. Yeah, there, there, you got to love modern technology. Right, <laughs> right. And we, we're going to premiere um, next September 14th or 15th. We're not sure. Our first guest is going to be Tony Darrow. Then we have, uh, we already got four shows in the can that we pre-taped. Yeah. You know, and then they're going to mix them up, you know, and you got to come on, Stephen. Come on. Oh, you, yeah, you, you know, I'm there for you. You know that. I got you. <laughs> you got to come on. And um, uh, I got, I got, I got Colin Quinn coming on. You know, Colin. Wonderful guy. I, I, I've only met him like once or twice briefly, but I will say one thing about him you know, <laughs> and, um, that he uh, is instrumental to helping Artie Lang out, who I think is, you know, has always been nothing but a good friend to me. And Colin Quinn was there for Artie and helped Artie actually, um, for the last get time, get, 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 get through his shit. And I, yeah. I, I'll always appreciate that. I, I, again, I don't know Colin personally. We've met briefly, but I've, yeah. I've, everybody that you know that I'm good friends with, that's good friends with him, says nothing but great things about him. He's got a he's got a new book coming out, so he's going to stop promoting it. So maybe you could uh, get in touch with him through my people. Yeah, and maybe Colin would. Uh, you know, he's watching. Yeah. He's going to promote I, his new book. I I would love that. I would love to read his new book. Um, and yeah. I would. Uh, it would be a pretty fun thing for me to have him on my show and talk yeah. about. We have a lot of mutual friends, and uh, it's uh, I just never. Yeah, I, I know he knows who I am. It just we never really had the chance to hang and party. I like he always just left, or I just got there. Yeah, I met I met Colin when I was working with Ted Demi on a movie called Who's the Man, and that's when I met Colin. And then so, we did something. We did something a couple of times, and uh, you know. But, so he's one of my guests. Okay, who Jerry's. Chaz Palmateri did a show. Uh, Little Steven did a show so far. Catherine Narducci should a show. We got Kathy Moriarty coming up. We have um, uh, Jackie the Joke Man coming up. You know Jackie. Yeah, he's not talking Jackie. to me right now. He's not talking Why? to me right now. Why yeah. is he not well, talking to you? Well, so, well, you know, we always had this, like, um, sort of rule when we worked on the show. It's like, you know, if, you, if we're going to talk about personal shit, you say this is between us. And we all abided by that rules. And something happened where he didn't say that. So I thought it was public knowledge. And I was doing Stuttering John show. And John asked me how Jackie was. And I mentioned something that I shouldn't have mentioned. which, But he didn't tell me not to mention. You know, I didn't break the rule. So in other words, you're on Jackie's shit list. Yeah. Right now. I know he still loves me. But, he, uh, you know, he, he got annoyed about what I did. And I, I, I apologize. But... Sometimes you gotta let people take a, you know, let them get over their anger, and I hope. That I think right. the I think the best way for you to make up with this guy is to actually invite him on your show. He's been that that was that's when I found out that he was mad is because I invited him on the show and, and he, he said you know, no. Well, he's been on the show a million times. Oh, he actually, okay. No, he would listen to my show. And he goes, "I love listening to your show," and he would give me critiques. You know, stop cursing so much because I got a sailor's yeah. mouth. And right. you know, even like do this, do that, but you're doing a good job. He was very encouraging. He's been in the studio with me a, a, a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and and listen, he's been a mentor to me for like uh, 25 years of my life. And I, I know he'll get over it, but I'm giving him his a little space, and it's, I understand. Yeah. But yeah. you know, he, he didn't say not to say anything. But then again, you know, I, when I thought John was asking me the question, I thought John already knew. 
and he didn't. And then, you know, of course, John's minions start harassing okay. Jack. Okay, all right. You know, you know, people have their problems, and they make up, and they move on. You yeah, know? yeah I think, I think that, that, that'll be the case. It's got to be like that. So it's got to be know. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, I had I, that. Uh, uh, my school, HB Studios, is closed, so what they're doing is online teaching. Um, I didn't get into that, but what I'm doing is I'm uh, uh, I'm putting a couple of plays together, and I do it via Zoom now. You know, and yeah. it's hard because, like, if I'm doing a scene with you and I'm looking at you, you're there and I'm here. You know, there's no physical contact. It's just you're saying your lines, I say my lines. You know, so it's not easy. Uh, I tell my actors, it's a constant close-up. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a constant close-up. But um, I, I, I really, you know, I, I, I gotta say this. Uh, I really hope that things start to turn around and we can start living somewhat of a normal life again um and um i mean i haven't seen my 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 family uh my granddaughter my daughter since uh since january where are um, they they live down in washington dc area <clears throat> and um you know i see them this way facetime zoom all that stuff but um it's hard it's just hard you know, and uh, and I have to say this because I do live alone. Uh, uh, when we were going through the worst times during the pandemic, I was saying to my daughter, if I get sick, I'm not leaving this house. You know, when everybody's going to the hospitals. And yeah. Them. yeah. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. And uh, and I don't know if uh, if you uh, if you mind if I say this, but uh People say to me, how did you make it through the pandemic? And I tell them I stayed high. Yeah. I smoked pot from nine o'clock in the morning until it was time for me to go to bed. And I did my work and I, I watched the news and I, I, I was still able to walk. And uh, I, I, there was something about the marijuana that brought down my stress level, Stephen. It yeah. brought it down. And I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I know that my, all my friends that were smoking the weed during the pandemic, they not, nobody got sick. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know. I, I, I'm a firm believer that marijuana has been wrongly accused for way too long. It, it is, has so many different purposes and so many different strains that can help people out. Uh, my dad's having a little bit of a rough patch right now with, with uh the stress level of uh, you're going to get sick, you're going to go out, you're going to catch something, you got to stay home. He's old school Guinea who doesn't like to sit at home and do nothing. You know, he's he's been active his whole life. And um, but there's no way in hell I could tell him something like that. Where, Dad, you know what? You might want to try. So he's never done a drug in his life other than he's taking a, aspirin. What's that? I don't call it a drug anymore. I, I know, but. Yo, you know those old school people. You know listen, what I'm saying? Listen, my, my dad's listen. old school. He's that quiet Italian guy that sits in the corner and don't bother nobody. You know, I'm sorry. He don't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't like to take antibiotics. He doesn't. He we barely they gotta force him to take an aspirin. Well, you know? that's okay. That's okay. He don't want to go to the doctor. He's old school. He don't want to go to the doctor. Yeah, no, you know? but uh, he, no. he's been he's been going more now, older. I, in his I, old would, age. I wouldn't say to your father, Vinny Pastor said you should smoke marijuana. He'll come over here and he'll wreck my house. No, I he won't do that. Not my you dad. Not but my but dad. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, it could help your mother's uh, neuropathy. Yeah. She, you know, she's more inclined now to... Uh, 
try. She's been doing the CBD oil and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it just they 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 grew up in, a, in in an era where they they didn't do drugs. They did, they were anti drug. Um, and you know, if you were doing drugs, you were a bad person, and that's that's the way they were brought up. Well, now, yeah, if you were doing drugs, of course you were a bad person. I mean, uh, how can you be a good person if you were doing drugs, you know? Yeah. But um, I watched Woodstock last night. It was on Turner Classic Movies. I said, that's never, ever going to happen again in my lifetime. Never. No. You know? Never. No. And they were all smoking their weed and dancing in the mud and listening to uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Joe Baez and... You know, that's never going to ever happen again. My, my favorite performance was Santana. Oh, yeah. What is it? Soul to Squeeze or whatever? Soul, that, that, soul uh, Sacrifice. Soul, yeah. soul Sacrifice, man. Oh, that's my God. Right. You, know, you, know the, you know the story behind that, right? What? They took some uh, mescaline, and they were supposed to play at – and Santana tells the story. They were supposed to play at night. So they took the mescaline at like one o'clock in the afternoon and all of a sudden that mescaline starts kicking in at two o'clock and they're like, Santana, things have changed. They're going on now. And they were, oh, all, I didn't they, know were all, they were all tripping bulls. And they were like, we can't go on right now. And they were like, yeah. you don't go on now. You're not going on at all. So yeah. Santana describes that whole thing that they were at the peak of tripping on mescaline and he thought his guitar was, was a, a snake. snake, and he kept trying to like straighten the snake out. I gotta, so I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta watch that again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. but he, he tells the story, and it's it's really kind of cool. But that uh, that one that I, one episode, I met him up at Sirius a couple of times. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah very he's, spiritual. But he yeah. seems like he's that cool as fuck. <laughs> well, know, like, I remember he had a concert down all the way downtown near the near the near Seaport, and I was invited. And it was a big high roller benefit, but I was invited. And I had this girl that I was seeing with me, and uh, we go backstage. And Carlos looked at her, and he looked into her eyes, and he said, "You're driving him crazy." <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "What?" He says. I see it. I see it. You have to bring down your energy. You're going to drive this man insane. And he just walked away. And she said, what the hell was that about? I said, I don't know. He picked up the bad vibe, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know? But uh, listen, listen. You know, even when I do my show the other night, uh, uh, you know, we do Evil Ways as part of the show. Everybody loves to hear that kind of music, man. It just takes you to another place. And it's 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 what it's about, you know. Do, do, do you do yourself a favor, and I know you're you're, you're an old school Stern fan, and I can't play it on my show or any. Sure. I don't know that anybody can play it, but go to YouTube after we're done, because we definitely got to wrap it up in a little bit. Go, but look up. It's it's one of those bits that Howard did on the show back in the day. It was called a Woodstock Minute, and basically it was about this is in the infancy of Billy West. You know who Billy West is, right? He does all the voices. Billy West with uh, Ren and Stimpy, Doug, uh, Bugs Bunny, everything, all the future. Oh, oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Billy, this is where like Stimpy came from. He did this impression. Everybody did Mo. Everybody did Larry, but nobody did. No, everybody did Mo and Curly, but nobody did Larry. So he did this hysterical Larry fine impression. So Who did? Uh, Billy West. Oh. 
so that it's my one of my favorite bits that from the old school Howard days. So basically, yeah. it was it was it wasn't visual; it was just audio, and it was basically Larry Fine in an old folks home explaining why he was so mad, why he was kept out of the Woodstock movie, and it's it's Billy West doing Larry Fine. And yeah. how he was just like, like how he he's the one who convinced uh, Jimi Hendrix to light his uh, guitar on fire. And he's the one that yeah. convinced that, that, that he was the one who made all the announcements to stay off the towers to don't eat the did, brown acid. Did you did you know uh, uh, the guys from Pig Vomit? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Timmy and John Curtin. Timmy, yeah. Timmy, well, Timmy Curtin. He hits me up on Facebook every once in a while. Timmy's my dear friend. Um, we do some shows together. Uh, actually. Um, he just sold me before the pandemic a nice sound system. I have it downstairs. It's all hooked up. Some of the guys have been coming over. We've been working on some tunes. So Timmy's right there. But they used to play at my club in the Rochelle. Please, uh, uh, if you're talking to Timmy, to tell send Timmy my, uh, you know. Uh, well, I don't know why you don't bring these guys on your show, Stephen. It doesn't always have to be a wise guy acting like me. You could no. have a great conversation with with Timmy Kurt. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure he's got great stories. So, all right, you know what? Uh, where can everybody find you? Let's get all the important things in. Where's the plugs? Uh, uh, so, you, all right, no one will put everything up. Uh, so, Let me guys, tell you something. I was sitting on my porch the other day, having a cup of coffee, enjoying the view, and these people pulled up, and they go like this. I thought I was in Hollywood. There he is. That's where he lives. So right. when that starts happening, you say, okay, do I need some peace? So what's coming up? I got my podcast on United Stations. It's going to be on YouTube all over. Uh, my co-host co is going by Johnny. Um, A legend, by the way. I love Johnny. Um, um, that's about it. I talked to Resorts Casino this morning. They're not doing any live entertainment until 2021. So we're talking about an outdoor event. Um, everything I got is on hold. Uh, I'm teaching. I'm doing Zoom. I'm happy. You know, what if are you someone, if, if someone wanted to what be a doing? student, oh, remember, I, you don't have to talk about this if you don't want. But I'm just curious. No, I don't want to talk about that guy on this show. <laughs> I just had, I, I, the only reason. Don't even bring it up. Don't even bring it up. Okay. You send me uh, these tomatoes. Don't send me any more tomatoes. Don't do me I no didn't favors. send you, though. He was already there. I didn't do no favors. I was just like wondering. He's a I, nice guy. He's yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. But there's something, um, uh, uh, you know, something different about him. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, a friend yeah. of yours. No, you know, he's he's, he's a good face. actor. He he's could be a good face. actor. I offered him a, a, a very important role in a play I was doing. And he said he couldn't handle it. And I was glad that he was able to tell me that honestly at the beginning. But he did drop your name a lot. And he's a good guy. And he's a good actor. But let's not hey, forget his name. I don't need a lawsuit. No, 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 no. So no, how no. can people study with me? Well, uh, I do acting workshops at HB Studios. And uh, all you got to do is log into HB. And when the school opens up, you see when the next... Um, uh, workshop is and my prerequisites are they got to be a guy like you steve that knows something about acting don't come in and, and you don't know squat because uh i just i can't handle it yeah. you know i tell people i tell people um like there, there was one guy that came in and he was having a lot of problems and i said what do you do during the daytime and he told me and i said um why are you here I want to learn how to be an actor. I said, 
You don't learn how to be an actor. You either got it or you don't have it. You know, you either got it and you're going to stick to it all your life or you don't have it. You know, uh, you can go study with anybody and they're not going to make you um, a star. You're going to make yourself a star. You're going to make sure that you don't give up. You know, like you talk about the old days. You talk about when we were doing extra work. Well, we would scratch just to get an upgrade, to get a line. Um, we would go and uh, register with Sylvia Fay on those open calls. Uh, you know, you you do anything. You did plays. You did, but you know, people now, and I think it's because it's not even the MTV generation anymore. It's past that. It's beyond that. Uh, they want a shortcut. They want a shortcut, man. They want to, like, um, take the pill and all of a sudden they got an Academy Award. And it ain't going to happen that way. You got to pay your dues, man. You got to pay. Yeah. Like, come on. You talked about Mike Starr. Come on. He, I was watching him in Miller's Crossing the other night. You know? Yeah. back yeah. And that was back in the early 90s with John Totoro. I mean, and, and we knew Michael uh, as a friend, a great guy. Ducky, look what Ducky did to his career, Louis Lombardi. I got to applaud Louis because he really, he he's like an inspiration. Any actor that needs inspiration, Louis never it's gave Louis. up. Louis never he gave, gave up. up. No, he moved out to the West Coast. He, 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 he was on 24, he was on Sopranos. Uh, he worked with all, uh, you know, everybody. He's got a movie out now called... Um, uh, something about Steve McQueen. Uh, I love Ducky, and I can call him Ducky. And Ducky, yeah. you know, you know, uh, you know, you talk about uh, acting. Well, acting, Stephen is reacting. When I was doing those scenes with Louis Lombardi, it was like two guys just talking, man. Yeah, you know, we had the rhythm down. We knew what we were saying. We knew where we were going. We used to go on the set, do one or two takes, and we'd be on our way home. And then yeah. you watch that stuff twenty years later. And, and I say, well, why were we able to nail it? And I'll tell you why we were able to nail it. Because we constantly rehearsed. We didn't give up, you know? Yeah. We were in the car. We were running lines. We are about to shoot. We were running lines. And 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 um, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I was watching the Turner Classic movie that day. They were talking about how James Dean always ran lines. Yeah, you got to run your lines. Gandolfini was running those lines all the time. He used to get pissed off at Joey Pants because Joey Pants didn't know his lines. Joey Pants was getting his lines fed through him through an earphone. So if, if Jimmy would say something to him, uh, Jimmy had to wait like three beats before Joey would say the line back because somebody yeah. would read him the line. But listen, it's all what it is. It's what it's what you put into so just like your show. It's like anything else. It's like my sauce. It's uh, it's like my band. You, it's what you put into it. Wet and red sauce. Hello. Let's talk about the sauce for half a second. Let, let people know that you can get your sauce. You can get my sauce at vinnypastorsauce.com. There you go. I, I would think that you would have a – do you eat your church? So do you, do you have your sauce? Like you have like a whole closet full and you just pour it on your stuff? Or do you actually go old school and make it from scratch? All right, all right. Okay. I'm going to leave you on this note. Okay. During the pandemic, everybody was staying home cooking. Yeah. So – I said to the guys, you got to put the stuff on City Island. He says, yeah, that's my brother-in-law. I said, that's your brother-in-law down the corner? I should have a big display. He said, well, I don't want to ask him. So I went down to the store, Dominic's, and I said, 
You're going to put my sauce up? He says, yeah, I'm waiting for the stuff. Blah, blah, blah. He put the stuff up. It was gone in two days. Boom. It was gone. So then you couldn't find the stuff because the factories were shut down. Nobody's making the sauce, and you can't buy a jar on the shelf. So I had a couple of cases here, you know, for people yeah. to come over at my house. Yeah. They knocked on my door one day and took the stuff back. Yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> but do, do you still like to make your sauce? That, like, I, when I make sauce, you know, I, like, my, my mother's Irish, my dad's Italian. When they got married, my grandmother on the Italian side, grabbed my mother one day, locked her in the house, and said, if you're going to marry my my son, you're going to learn how to cook for him. You better, yeah, right. Yeah, so, but my mom was, like, they had a great relationship, so my mom learned how to make sauce and everything, and my mom was passed that down. But my sauce is never the same. It's always just a little different. Is it the same with you, or do you, or do you have a strict like a, like a list of ingredients that you do portioned out? When you when you live on City Island, you go out to eat, or you pick up the phone and they deliver it. Uh, as far as sauce, uh, it's got to come out of the jar, so it takes me two minutes to heat up. You know, uh, no, but, but do, you, do, do you make it what? still old school? Do you make your own sauce? Like you just say, okay, today, you know, I feel like cooking. I'm gonna go get all the ingredients. I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna make a batch of sauce. And no, uh, no? I'm so by a jar and you put it in, you heat it up, and you pour it on top of the stuff. Where are I gonna go through all of that for? Because it's I got other things to do. Like I yeah. gotta read this script. And you got eighteen thousand residual checks you gotta cash. I gotta go to the bank. It's you know how long it's gonna take for me to put these ATMs in that machine over there? I'll be there till tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. All right. So that's what I want you to do. Listen to me. Okay. Steven, Steven, I want you to go and get all your checks and put them together and put them in the ATM machine and see what clears. Because you're messing up the you're messing up the system, you know. Some of them 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, I'll say hello to Jackie, the joke uh, joke man for you. Yeah, thank um, you. And, and uh, we'll, we'll figure out when I'm going to do your show, and we'll we'll uh, we'll have some fun. Well, I'll tell you what we can do. If, if uh, uh, Johnny ever has to take like a, 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 a you know a night off or something. You come in and you co-host with me. That would be better. I would. Uh, that would be an extreme honor, Vinny. And no, because we, we we have we have a nice chemistry here. Uh, oh, but I don't curse, Stephen. I don't curse on the show. Okay. My I, I, uh, my, no, my granddaughter watches it, so I don't want. I, I don't want. You know. I, I uh, it was that. hard. It was hard with Tony Darrow because every ever word out of his mouth was, you know, the f word. No. And I said, Tony, Tony, we don't want to curse on this. So they started saying freak. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, no, I, but anyway, Stephen, it's a pleasure. Uh, I finally learned how to do Zoom and, um, uh, you know, say hello to everybody. And, um, and what else I can say, by the way, the name of my show is called Forget About It. Well, yeah, I already did. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm good. doing I'm doing this show with Michael Perioli, and he says to me, so Vinny, what's the name of your show? I said, forget about it. He says, no, what's the name of your show? I said, forget about it. He says, why don't you want to talk to me? Why can't you answer me? I said, forget about his name yeah. of the show. Uh, third base. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, All right. Thank uh, you, uh, and, and tell Michael I said hello, and I would love, love to have him on the show at one point. 
All right, so I'm gonna log out now, right? Yeah, you can just yeah, just log out or something. I don't know. Me too. Leave studio. Bye. Okay. I'll talk, I'll talk to okay. you later. Bye, All kids. Right. Bye.